Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's how to look right at your gym. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my number. Here's my podcast. Colin Healy. <laughs> 20 Minute Tim's flagship episode 318. I'm the host, Jamie. And I'm joined, as always, by Martin Melly. Yes. And Stephen Arbuckle. Hello. And if you like what we do, you like us three guys sitting talking about Celtic, we produce independent Celtic fan media. And you can support that on patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. You'll get a whole host of Celtic-related content, including, crucially, match reactions to every single match just after the final whistle. We produce a podcast on there. And come and be part of a great Celtic supporting community on our Patreon, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Times. You can support us, you can keep this going. Just three guys, just producing fantastic Celtic content. <laughs> and if you enjoy it, you can take part. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Times. I thought you were going to call us normal men there. We are just normal <laughs> men. Now that I've got that out of the way, we can get to the business of talking about the real entertainment. We are just the, the entertainment to the entertainment, but Celtic Park was the real entertainment 6-1. Well, the entertainers were back at the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's felt like quite a while since we've had a game like that, but you always feel this team are ready to dish out a paste into somebody. A right old SPFL bleaching, and that's what we got <laughs> at the weekend. It was good to see. Thoroughly enjoyable. I think it's exactly what we needed. I went into that game, Mel and I recorded yards from the stadium as part of our At The Match podcast exclusively on patreon.com slash 20 minute times. There's another plug for that. Yeah. There. But yeah, part of what we do is we record right outside the stadium, and I said that it was... It was possibly what we need because it's on the surface of things a challenge. Hibs had been doing mm-hmm. all right recently. They'd lost in the United, but they had, you know, kind of quietly under the radar snuck up to third in the league, where we probably expected Hearts and Aberdeen to probably be more up there challenging for that position. Hibs have gone about their business quite well. So coming off the back of a couple of Sticky weeks where we've not been hitting. The hangover exists. Yeah, of course. It kind of exists, doesn't it? And off the back of a couple of weeks where we're not quite hitting top form. There was St. Johnson, there was Motherwell, lost to St. Mirren recently, of course, as well. Thought, right, this is is a hard game, so it could Mm. go one of two ways here. It could be another another kind of quite turgid affair where we grind to a victory, or we could go out there and all the stuff we've been talking about for weeks about how we're creating all these chances and just not taking them, that could all come together. That could all basically just roll in. And if we chalk up the stuff in the Champions League we've been talking about for weeks of course if we chalk that up to just luck 
to an extent, of course, because you make your own luck the harder you work and all that. But yeah. for just not quite breaking the getting the break of the ball, it all came together on on Saturday. Then we absolutely blew Hibs away, and part of it, that performance as well did have scrappy goals, uh, deflected goals. Uh, all the, basically, all our luck came yep. home to roost. If that is indeed the, uh, that famous <laughs> phrase, <laughs> uh, your, luck, your, luck, your luck came home to roost. Uh, Melly, I think there's one man everyone's talking about after the game. I think uh, you guys on the pre-match portion of the at the match podcast. When his name was on the team sheet, you weren't hard, you were hardly doing cartwheels, were you? Oh no, no, James Forrest. The name's Forrest. Well, name's born James Forrest. Yes. Put, yeah, that was the, that was the tweet. The, the old uh, James Rodriguez one. But no, look, I, to be honest, I didn't see it coming. I kind of thought that if James Forrest was going to be in at Celtic, he'd be a very bit part player. And look, these starts would be very rare for him. Turns out they have been rare, but to come in and go in and spank in a hat trick was. Unbelievable from the guy for a guy that spanking is uh, is generous. <laughs> to the, yeah. uh, a couple of deflections, but yeah. for all James Forrest does for Celtic, I just mm. all the things I think about when I think of James Forrest are the bit where he asked the bird to go for Nando's. It's interview him in that TikTok Celtic <laughs> Dunny's booty. I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah. he's got a hundred goals, and that's the things <laughs> that spring to mind. But look, Hattrick, he done really well for it. Mm. But the thing with James Forrest is this can't be it. This can't be all we see of him mm. all season because last season he came in, scored against St Johnston in the cup semi-final and that was it from him. That was his only contribution. Delighted to see him score him. I love him to be an option because that's the kind of guy we love to watch at Celtic. But I'm not expecting a hat-trick every week, but he has to be a guy that can come in and really contribute. And I think on Saturday, show they can be that. We just need to see more in the future. And if he can produce performances like that, I'm all for it, because I love watching the guy like that. I think the thing about Forrest is, Stephen, if you've got a player that's no playing, you've got a player that's sitting on the sidelines for as long as James Forrest has, and it looks as like if he's been squeezed out by Jota and then latterly Abada and other people that have come in, James Forrest being squeezed out there. I just uh, I know. What a, a troubling image that, <laughs> that was. Absolutely troubling. He has been squeezed out. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. some odd, yeah. Right. Okay. So he's been pushed out of the side right? by uh, by the squirted out of the side. Uh, yeah. Yes, by the by the aforementioned players. <laughs> right. Um, you want him when he's called upon to come in and, and contribute. And you want, it. and he didn't look. He didn't look ring rusty. And I think. From James Forrest's point of view, he won't be the only one watching Abada's contribution. I, I mean, I've I've said on other podcasts, you know, I think Abada's his contribution's fine at times, but especially against Leipzig, I thought he just wasn't anywhere near good enough. And, yeah. I, and after the game, I'd said on our Breakfast of Champions podcast, which is a, a midweek drop on the Patreon, I said I, I think it's maybe time to look to bring James Forrest into the side. And James Forrest himself must have been looking at these, some of these performances, thinking, Do you know what? I've got a chance of getting back in the side here. I need to make sure I'm ready when I'm called upon. Never doubted him once. <laughs> <laughs> On this occasion, do not check the record, but uh, I have never once doubted James Forrest. No, it has been, I feel like it's been building. I don't think it was all that much of a surprise that he started the game because he has been all right in his recent cameos when he's, mm. he's come on. He played um, just over a half against Leipzig and you know, looked, looked quite good as, as far as you can in a game like that where everything, you know, it was a decent performance and not everything went Celtic's way. I think he, he looked all right, but I didn't expect him to come in and, and hit the ground running like that, like a hat trick out of absolutely nowhere. I have been quite vocal about my surprise at him getting a new contract. Mm. You know, well, particularly, I didn't really, I wasn't that surprised that he got a new contract, but the length of it surprised me, to be honest, because we're quite a long way away from his well, James Forrest being a proper regular in the yeah. Celtic team it's, it's been several years now since he's been a, a proper regular 
So I, w- I was really surprised. But as Melly says, see if he comes in on occasion and just does that. That's that's why we've built the squad the way we have. Mm. And as much as I doubted it, Ange was insistent that James Forrest still has a role to play in this this squad. I was completely wrong. Ange called it exactly right. I don't think we need to make lasting judgments on it, though. I don't think it's like, right, you just play James Forrest from now on. I think he will go back to being a guy who comes in and out and shares the position around because we've got several wingers, which we might come on to here. But I, I no complaints about his performance. I think I think he was absolutely excellent. And as soon as Do you the think second, he's better than Abada. I think he is. I think he is a better player than Abada. I don't mean that for a to have a go at Abada, but you know, I think it's. I don't he doesn't think mean to have a go. He's called James Forrest shite all season. <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah, bad. He might be shite, but he's better than you. I <laughs> know <laughs> he, he is a better player than Abada. He always was. He always was a better footballer than mm. Abada. My main concern with James Forrest always was that he's getting to that age now where wingers stop having their. They're, they're not as effective at mm. this age. There's, there's no getting away from it, and they do have to adapt their game somewhat. But was that no glaring evidence of it right there? Because he, I don't know if Forrest was really taking players on. He just appeared in the right positions and scored the hat trick. That we touch in the clipped cross. Oh, he's, he's, he's good at that. He's still very good at that. We saw a couple of those against Leipzig. What he still is very good at is he's, he's, he's still got that explosive speed. That mm. He's maybe not like the quickest he's always been. He's maybe not at his peak when it comes to like running 50 yards and trying to get the byline, but he's very he's very good at having that just one or two paces, mm. getting it past the defender and clipping those crosses. And from a stand and start quite often, he would just the, the defender will be drawn in by him and he'll just bust past him. He did that a couple against uh, a couple of times against Leipzig. So yeah, I, I, again, what a what a hat trick. What a way to get mm. to hundred goals as well. As soon as that as soon as he scored the first and then you, you're like, okay, well, the commentator started saying I wasn't at the game. I'd give him a ticket very kindly to my nephew, his birthday was. Oh. He, he got to, I know, good Uncle Jamie. <laughs> um, but as soon as he scored, the first commentator said, he's on for he's on for a hundred goals here if he gets three. You thought there's no stopping him. Yeah, it just looked like, it, it's kind of the opposite of a bad and Maeda recently. It went in for him when I think if that chance had fallen to them, it would have hit the wrong part of their foot he may have got a wee bit lucky with the first one the way it hits his mm. foot but I just it didn't feel that like it was happening for those two it looked like it was happening for Forrest on that day and everything he hit seemed to go in and it was a great hat-trick to hit but if you're looking at it like the Leal Abada thing it was a very Abada hat-trick wasn't it coming mm. in at the back post getting those goals but looking at the rest of his all-round performance what are we looking for from James Forrest we're looking for him to take on players and create, but see if he's not doing that and he's scoring goals, that's fine. And Celtic seem to have this, with the wide players we've got, Jota and Haksabanovic look like the sort of creators in yeah, there. Yeah. And then it looks like we've got Maeda, Abada and Forrest will be like kind of finishers that will get in there and take chances, but give them too much time on the ball to think about things. It maybe doesn't work out as we've seen with Abada's chance later on, but if we can get that balance, I think Abada and Maeda starting together is never a good sign. But if you can get Haxabanovich and Jota then on the other side, mm. Forrest, Abada and Maeda, I think we'll be all right because that's a good blend of creativity and directness. And I think as well with the the team we've got and the squad we've got, having James Forrest in there alongside um, Anthony Ralston, uh, Bernabe with Giacomacus up front I think that's ideal for the type of striker we have the kind of guys that can whip those mm. balls across I think it's just different player, different players for different needs I think I, I think for me my main complaint after Leipzig game Stephen was I thought the trifecta of Abada Maeda and Kyogo needed broken up because I thought those are two guys maybe arguably three but definitely two who are a wee bit off form and, and, and I thought right well the solution here is Abada needs to get dropped That that's just 
no brainer yep. again he's dropped and you, you're probably going to have to bring in Forrest and then I looked at the sort of midfield three and I saw he played Haksabanovic in the 10 I thought well he's very useful I, I think he's a cracking player we've spoken about him multiple times in this podcast a bit of a slow burner but he's a cracking player very useful across that whole front three I thought well on the left you could put him so that, that means Baeda comes out of the side and then with the midfield you've got we've got like that's probably where we're strongest of players yeah, that can yeah. play in that midfield three and Aaron Moy comes in and, and he does really well so I think Haksabanovic the quality he's got solves a lot of problems yeah. for us on that side doesn't it? Yeah and I, I was relieved to hear that he was just taken off because he was feeling his ankle a mm. little bit so the I think Ange actually used the phrase once the game was won I think we were like, well out of sight by half time may as well take him off but yeah I'm I, I'm sure I said last week that I'm, I'm really impressed with Haksabanovic so far the more he comes into the team the more comfortable he seems to be getting the more he's creating as well so he's, he's creating goals now as well Do you think um, that left's his best position? Uh, probably Pro- I, like, I mean I like him whatever. I'll take him however he comes <laughs> to be honest yeah. I, I've, I've really liked him basically in every position he's played but I think you know, on the left is probably the more natural one it's just a dilemma when you've got Jota and him mm. in the team I don't, I don't worry about it too much because you know if, Just do the old Lenny mate switch them over <laughs> uh, if, if Aksimanovic is as versatile as he has appeared so far then it's not too much of a problem but I probably would agree that he's the left is his, his best position just judging on the admittedly small sample size we've had so far he looks really good out there but I, I have no qualms about him playing in midfield as we discussed last week and the right side is a, a, a bit of a trouble position that Celtic have got no I mean no such issues there because Forrest comes on bangs in a mm. hat trick but going forward if Jota is the main guy on the left which I'm sure most people would agree he is Haksabanovic looks equally good for that position, possibly. The right side just seems to be either guys who are being shoehorned into that position, such as Maeda, just to, just to get him on the pitch, or guys who are misfiring, as you've mm. you know, alluded to with Abada and James Forrest. Again, I just as James as great as he was at the weekend, there I don't see this as being the moment where he now announces himself as being ready to play the next forty games. I don't think that's no. going to happen. So interesting to see how they how they rotate these players in and out because we seem to be picking up niggly injuries here and there. But Haksabanovic, a tremendous player so far. Do you think it was about the time Maeda was dropped? Uh, probably I think it's I've always thought with him look he's going to get a goal soon enough because he works that hard that something will happen for mm-hmm. him but the longer it was going on you're going Phew. and look Stephen spoke about it the universal universal language of groans is known by <laughs> yeah. everybody and yeah. it just seems that people have had a bit, bit uh, too much of him but I still like the guy I still think he's good I think when players come into Celtic you can kind of tell from the start of their career how it's going to pan out for them and this guy came in done really well could play a number of positions but worked harder than probably any Mm. player I've ever seen at Celtic so I always feel it's going to happen for him he was just having a wee bit of a dip in form and that sort of coincided with Celtic missing big chances and big games the pressure then builds but when Celtic are winning 6-1 and you've got guys like Forrest and Haksabanovic playing takes a wee bit of the pressure off him and then when he comes on he can get a chance and get a goal it was just a pity a bad I didn't get one so I think it was time for him to come out the team but just with injuries and all that and the amount of games it wasn't possible now that he's come back in came on as a sub and got the goal I think you'll just see a more like a calmer performance from him he won't be that maybe uptight about chances and all that it's that monkey's off his back now yeah I think we're, we're made that I think it's gone past the 
the worries about his form. I think fans have basically, well, I can't speak for all fans. I'm just taking the temperature yes, online can. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just taking the taking the general temperature of what goes on online and, and in the stadium as well. Because mm. as you've said, the groans are, are there to be heard, of course, and he will be aware of it as much as anyone, more than anyone. But I think mainly people seem to be concerned that he just doesn't have any enough technical ability it doesn't have the quality required to play I've never seen him score a clean finish I don't think well that's it that's my point it's like I don't think it's so much his form that he's in as the the chances have stopped going in for him because Mm. you look at the goals he scored last season Jamie as you've already said they're all very scrappy but that's that's not a that's not an indictment on him. That no. that's a good thing that if he's tidying up balls that are like going across the goal or heading in at the back post, which he quite often does. But the minute that stops falling for him and he starts like sclaffing at things or he's getting a toe on things and it's going wide, or even the goal against Hibbs, that's the kind of thing he's been missing recently mm. as well. If that comes out of his game, all of a sudden people are watching his his work rate, yes. Not necessarily the most technically gifted of players, but all of a sudden you're 10 games into the season and you're like, guy's only scored one goal now. And, he, and, and I think a lot of people will be shouting at their phones and all that, listen to this, but they will be, uh, I know what you say about the, the scrappy stuff, because he does yeah. have big scrappy do energy. <laughs> My Ada does, right? But I think a lot of people are going, aye, but also he missed a, a head of about three yards out Aye. twice yes. as well. You know, it's... it's. But that's, that's my point. It's like previously, last season, they were going in for him yeah. and, and now they're not. And I think that's the only difference. I don't think it is that he's had a massive dip in form, probably confidence now, but I don't think it's the fact that his technical ability has, has dropped off. I think he's always played at this level. Mm. It's just now that goals aren't going in for him and he's making bad decisions as a result. He's, he's probably trying too hard now because he feels the pressure. Do you think... Um, Haksabanovic deserves a more frequent start than Maeda? Uh, I think so. I think he's just a better player, but I think it's just the fact that he's come in late and then there was a couple of wee games, a wee couple of niggly injuries in there, but I think you've said it and I agree with it. I think he's going to end up being one of Celtic's most important players this season, just his versatility, but more so bloody good at football. So <laughs> yeah. I love watching him play the... He's just got that knack, we talked about it last week, of just getting past players. But also when you put him out wide, he just finds a space and he can deliver these balls coming in on his right foot. Like the ball for James Forrest, that's pretty undefendable, if yeah. that's a word for uh, teams, especially teams in this bum league. So it's, it's hard for... <laughs> More on that later. Yeah. yeah. It's hard for teams Jeez, yeah. to... Uh, to defend that but like he's laying it on a plate for the guy like it's harder for Forrest to miss that chance it's just a, a class bit of play from him and I'm just interested to see him and Jota in the same team if that can work out but when you look at our options I mean him, Jota and Kyogo would look great together him, Jota and Jack and Marcus mm. would look great together so there's plenty of options in there even him, Forrest, Jota and uh, him in number 10 with a striker up there as well so his versatility and all-round good play just gives us so many more options when at the time we signed him we were maybe thinking well where's he going to fit in do we really need this guy now you're like and just nailed it again he's got a lovely touch Haksabanovic as well he's got a lovely first touch which you might think have you seen that in the game when it came over his head it was brilliant you might think well that's obvious that's a bare minimum you should have Mm. as a a professional footballer as a first touch but not always not in this this, league no exactly there was a game very recently where I think we had Abada Yakimakis and Maida all all up front and the the longer the game went on I think 
none of these guys have got a first touch here. I mean, it's, they're not terrible. You're but not saying anything Arsene Wenger hasn't said. No, 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 no Arsene no. Wenger used to regularly go on about how the, the bare minimum requirement for him as a player, and he's he's turned down many a player. He used to say if a player doesn't have the first touch he needs by the age of 14, mm. he just discards them right away. If you yeah. don't have this first touch by the age of 14, you're never going to have it. Me and Arsene, similar. Like that. <laughs> just like that when it comes to your football opinions. <laughs> um, I, was, I was quite happy to see so many changes in the game because one of my concerns was whilst I sat here and I've vehemently defended Ange's approach to these European games because I know we're trying to build something and I know he's trying to do something doesn't necessarily mean you have to be wedded to a team selection and yeah. the recurrent picking of players who were clearly out of form is starting to stress me out a wee bit so I was quite glad to see these changes but I'm just wondering now how many of them are going to stay and how many were just a symptom of such a difficult game midweek I think see the the thing with it is like Celtic well they've not been playing well you, you spoke about the Euro hangover and I definitely think it's a thing it's, it must be so difficult it's hard for us to watch to be honest like going from the SPFL to going into European games and just seeing this sheer gap in quality and how like the crowd you having to make every single concentrated effort in a 90 minute game and sometimes it's not enough and then you go down to the league and you go you know what I can get away with some things here so the players are learning while they're going here that if we can concentrate for a full 90 minutes it will benefit in, in the long run mm. that's why Ange always talks about being so uncomfortable and but the European games have been uncomfortable but we get back to these games it shows what we can do because Celtic just looks sharper than everybody we look like they're there first we're making chances quicker like the ball from Haksabanovic in, like in Europe, that'll be difficult to Celtic for Celtic to defend. But long term, we'll be better at defending because we've had to go through it. Teams in Scotland, most of the teams in Scotland haven't had to go through that, and Celtic can just rip teams apart the way we are ripped apart in Europe. And when we're on on form like that the other day, like you mentioned, the changes, but they were all pretty necessary, and they all brought something to the game the two oh. fullbacks Aaron Moy and James Forrest and Jack Amakis all came in and all were the best players in the park the, the reason I think um, Ange's making these changes is because he probably has a lot of confidence in the players that are sitting there and Burnaby was a player who we spent a lot of money on four and a half million he was touted highly regarded and I, I thought, oh, I think it's taken him a wee while to settle, but he's coming on to a game, and I think that was definitely his best game in a Celtic shot. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not so long ago we were sitting here after the St Mirren game and talking about how they made too many changes and it was a total disaster. Yeah. Now, obviously, the, it's it's not always just the making of changes that disrupt you. It's kind of the nature of the changes that it may, you maybe can't understand at the time, but it's just clear that that was just a blip. We just, yeah. we just had a bad one against mm. St Mirren, and the, the squad is... Squad does still look strong, as is evidence there. Made several changes and went out and beat Hibs six one. But Bernabe, I was great. He really does. He's really impressive so far. Nice and nice and aggressive, nice and direct, which is exactly what mm -hmm. we like to see in our fullbacks. I know the the role has changed very much since the days of Frimpong and Kieran Tierney and etc. Who are just expected to bomb on all the time. We don't necessarily play exactly like that anymore. But it's nice to have one who's capable of yeah. it because it really puts defenders on the back foot and really. It causes an awful lot of problems if you get a guy like that who is I, I just aggressive, just aggressively going forward at all times, very, very positive, just stabbing balls through to his uh, his up his winger. That the left side was very, very strong mm. um on in that Hibs game. So Something's crossing as well. Oh, oh of course, yeah. I think he set up one of the Yakimaki. Yeah, I think oh yeah, of course. Yakimaki Yakimaki mm. Yeah, so that's that follows directly on from setting up Yakimakis' winner against St Johnston the, mm. just last week as well. So he's been very, very effective so far. I'd said last week about how he's a wee bit rough around the edges, but he looked he looked totally fine, absolutely fine in that game. I think we can expect a little bit of 
fluctuation in mm. his, his overall quality because he's such a young, a young player and adapting to new surroundings and all that. But what a performance that was. It's such a difference to Greg Taylor. Yeah, but both very effective yeah. because yeah. a lot of Celtic's attacks, well, I think mainly if Celtic are attacking down a wing, it's mainly the left one because Greg Taylor's so comfortable on the ball, he rarely loses it and can play those passes in to get guys like Jota on the ball. But when you bring in um, Haxwanovic and Burnaby, it's similar but very different because he's dragging another away another player because he's making the forward run. It opens up more space for Haxabanovic in there as well. And like some of his running's great. It's very effective runs where he's going through the middle and then he's so fast he can get on the outside as well. I love watching him play. There's so much he has to learn in the game, but I'm happy to just let him do that while he's playing because it's not as if we're having to throw this guy in and he has to play and if he makes mistakes he's going to play the next game because Celtic have got four good fullbacks. we can take players in and out and this is ideal for him playing in these games like St Johnston away and Hibs at home he's going to be learning on the job but he can get away with certain things in these games as well but just watching him go and seeing that a player who's so direct so aggressive just getting beyond players is brilliant to watch and to be a complete contrast to Greg Taylor, but just as effective as for me. He's absolutely tiny as well. Yeah. <laughs> he was playing quite close to us. We, we sat on the halfway line, obviously, and I looked at him. He's absolutely tiny and what he's going to have to get used to. And what I quite like about him as well, he's very, I don't, I don't know if you could necessarily say good in there because he's, he's quite diminutive, but he's quite positive and proactive yeah. in there. He will go up for balls. He will get up early and he will challenge. He will lean into uh, players, but he'll need to speak to Greg Taylor about that, who has had three years of yeah. like, just getting balls shelled, shelled on top of mm. him as well. So we better get used to that. That will be the tactic against Burnaby very soon. It's good because remember at the end of the season, us and a lot of people were talking about maybe we need a bit more height in the team and Anne just doubled down on it and brought in <laughs> him and Moy and uh, Haxabanovic. Do we feel Anne's mentioned that as well? Did he know say something along the lines of um, I struggle to get on the ride? Most of my team would struggle going on a ride in Disneyland. Uh, but I think it was that was an Abelgard coming in. Abelgard brought some height in at the team as you say and it was it was a bit of a strange one because I, I thought well, we were going to see him because we know what he brings and just spoken about the strengths and obviously it's a player that we wanted to sign we didn't just pick him up for no reason but it's actually been Aaron Moy that's had more minutes out of the midfield guys that we signed in the summer? Yeah, I think uh, with Abelgaard, it's always going to be difficult coming in so late in the window and then uh, you come in and then we've got a Champions League game a couple of weeks later. So I think it will be post-World Cup into January before we see the best of him, like we did a few of the guys coming in late, later last season. But with Aaron Moy, like, taking out the St Mirren game, he's not really put a foot wrong. He's, no. he's always looked good and we speculated we thought he might play in the number six uh, role before the game, but we stuck with Matt O'Reilly there and every time you just see the guy, like, you're a classic football, he could play anywhere in midfield, but Aaron Moy playing in number eight, you're maybe thinking, has he got the legs to get about? But No, well, is the answer yes, to that. Yes, the answer is <laughs> a, a well, resounding no. Well, I mean, I, he has legs. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he got about well, hmm. just he is painfully slow, but I don't think it really, he pre still presses and he still finds all these gaps and all that and just he's passing as well we can, when he can find it because we thought he'll be playing in number six he can keep the ball keep it ticking over and start off attacks but when you see him a bit further forward like we did at the weekend 
he can just turn on the ball and play these first time balls through the one to Forrest where he scored mm. and then he set up Maeda as well and these are just passes that he's picking up in that sort of half space in between the centre and the width uh, the wide areas and he's picking the balls up there and he's clipping these balls over he can clip it over at the wingers as well I thought he was great he is slow but I think he presses well I think he was really putting in the effort to get about the other day but that just that pace will hold, him, it, hold I, him back a wee bit but I don't think it does in Scotland it, he's fine in there but his passing makes up for it some of the, the balls he can put over Sublime ah, his best performance for Celtic mm. so far I think it was excellent uh, the bold Zidane as yes, I've yeah. christened him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's such a lovely player to watch there's no getting away from it as much as I joke about how slow he is and there's no getting away from it he is he is a very very slow footballer it's so apparent on the pitch when you see yeah. cause especially on the turn stuff like on the turn but he's kind of yeah. when he gets the ball and he turns he already kind of knows where he's going to pass it anyway yeah. so he never, he he never and, loses the ball uh, that way he doesn't need to turn and then look up he's like I'm just going to turn here and then play it out you know I, I, it's all up there as uh, I, yeah. for, for the benefit of audio listeners tapping my, my temple there <laughs> the first 10 yards are up there <laughs> uh, I, I, he's, he's a, a very very nice player to watch because of his technical ability and the, the ability to just pick a pass just mm. a, a lovely range of passing set up a couple of goals as well um, maybe should have taken one on himself as well I think I think he could probably could have shot uh, there was one against I think it was at Leipzig he, he probably should have shot as well so he's I'm not really expecting that he's, he's never traditionally been much of a no. goal scorer but he's, he's such a good just a general all round midfielder it's a stroke of genius for Andrew, I think yeah, bringing yeah. him in I think it's a stroke he is the player right that Tom Rodgick is going to grow into <laughs> right so right, it's I, like you know what I mean it's like I don't know what's the age difference between them four years or something maybe a wee bit more he yeah, is, maybe less yeah. uh, he is the player that Tom Rodgick was eventually going to become obviously Tom Rodgick had other expectations he wanted to go play his football in West Brom <laughs> The dream, the dream, <laughs> um, and then we just sort of replaced him with another with another Tom Rogic, maybe a few more miles on the clock. But yeah. he's not exactly the same player, but he's he's, he's a very very skillful and a, a astute acquisition. Yeah, I, I like watching him play. I just feel the Samaritan game gets held against him a bit too much. I, I think Celtic were off the boil that day, and he let his guy go. It happens, but I think he might let someone go in the Hibs game as well. Come to think yeah, of it, yeah. nah, I think we're probably factoring that in, though. I think Ange factors that in a wee bit. Maybe. What I would say in, in defence of that is he was he was very much like a number eight against Hibs. He wasn't the most withdrawn yeah. midfielder like he was against St Mirren, so that was probably someone else's job. But uh, in the replays of their goal, cut us open very easily. But as I said after the game. It's, Basically, the first time that's happened all domestic season. Of, of course, it's totally different in Europe, but it's happened a number of times. But as far as I'm aware, we've only really conceded a load of set pieces and an own goal and all that. So that's the first time we've been properly cut open. But Adam Moy is the guy who's kind of closest to it. He's just kind of ambling back. Do you know my favourite part of the Hibs goal? Oh, yeah, he shushed the yeah, fans. Yeah, the striker shushing the fans. <laughs> 3-1. We're not to be 6-1, he's shushing the fans. Brilliant. Shoot your shot, mate. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, you need to take your Get chances. that photo for your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was quite a decent goal for yeah, him, yeah, to be I fair. Have. I think uh, Molly's a bit unlucky that he does sort of let the guy go, but I see Hattati do that quite a lot yes. as well, and he's not really punished for it. Decent goal from Hibs. 3-1 and maybe we're thinking oh can they see a way back into this game because we're Celtic taking Haksabanovic off but to get that James Forrest to get the hat-trick straight after it just absolutely killed the game and it, it was good to see Celtic look they maybe thought we were going down the gears and then we thought hold on a minute let's go out and get this done so went out and got a couple more goals well three more goals and it was just good to see James get the hat-trick in there and Jack Marcus, you always call for him and you always say it look he'll score when he plays he does 
This episode of 20 Minute Times is sponsored by NordVPN. NordVPN offer you premium cybersecurity and up to six devices for the price of a cup of coffee per month. You can also change your virtual location for all your streaming services and it protects your computer on public Wi-Fi amongst many other benefits. I particularly use NordVPN when I'm wanting to shift up things and watch some different content on other streaming services, unnamed movie streaming services. You can switch up the content on that by changing your virtual location. So you can grab your exclusive NordVPN discount deal by going to nordvpn.com slash tims and that'll get you a huge discount off of your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. Moreover, it's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. And that's nordvpn.com slash tims to get yourself a huge discount off of a Nord plan plus an additional four months for free. I want to pl- I want to play more games. There's, uh, it's uh, As I said, I was talking about the Maeda... Abada, Kyogo, Trifecta up front. I think two of them are out of form. I, I, I don't know if I could necessarily get away with saying Kyogo is, is, is He's out, a totally different player than Jota Haxabanovich are creating for him, isn't he? Well, he is, but we still have to navigate these games. We still have to win them, but there's no denying, Steve, when Yakimakis plays, he scores. He and I, I really like the guy. Oh, I, <laughs> don't, don't we laugh at that? We've had so really, simple. <laughs> every week we've had a really like the guy. Mele, I think on about three occasions tonight, you've said Moy. he's good at football uh, as well. This is the kind of... Patreon.com we can put the link yeah, in here we don't spend your money on thesauruses <laughs> don't worry um, I do, but I, I think there's there's a bit of snobbery about Yakimakis there's a bit of ah oh, well cool goes this he's this I, Yakimakis goes it does. end of story I, I, I'm trying not to make like proper judgments about players and selections based off this game because another way to look at this if you choose to look at it like well James Forrest should have been playing this whole time Yakimaka should have been playing this whole time Moyes, all of the, the different things that we saw in that game you could equally make the argument that that was perfect use of the squad and that's how they all should be used I'm not yeah. talking about basically just barely play them and then play them again a game against Hibs because you know he's going to score a hat trick that's probably not how it works either but that was a perfect freshening of the squad Will we see the same players turn out in the against Motherwell in midweek? I, I doubt it, to be honest. So I don't, I, I don't make any lasting judgments. What I said very early this season is I don't expect the same lineup too many times in a row. Ange played, he played the same one four times in a row, yes. which made a, made a right mug. But since then, it's been absolutely you know, all over the place in terms of not all over the place. That that makes it sound haphazard, but I mean, like it's very unpredictable. So I, I expect it to be the same. Uh, continuing on I don't think do you think there's an argument for starting over Kyogo I mean he's scored 8 goals in 5 appearances Kyogo's scored 9 and 7 so Yakimakis has got more goals per minute than Kyogo does in the league Kyogo plays again well in the league yeah but the reason they're both the reason they're both scoring is because they're not playing every minute of every game Mm. isn't it and you can bring one on rest the other they're both as effective as each other I think I think Kyogo is the better footballer but Jakimakis just as effective in Scotland whether he could do it on in the European games I'm not no so sure mm. but Kyogo's not been great in them as well so I think Jakimakis is a great striker to have I don't think you're going to go play him over him or play him over him because one week can Kyogo can bag a hat-trick against uh, Dundee United and mm. then Jakimakis gets a double here so uh, look some absolute two- world-class fence sitting for you there Martin Melly. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. It's the same for Mange, but he doesn't play one every week, does he? He rotates them. So I think if I had to, my pick... opinion can rotate. Well, yeah, fine, okay. <laughs> I think if I had to pick a favourite, because you know that's what we're on here to do, podcast. I think if I was going to, if if someone gun to my head and went, you must win this game, 
right? And the, the rest of the lineup is all of the best players in someone you must win this game, right? Or your life depends on it, or you can never podcast again, right? And I would pick Yakimakis. Oh, uh, Kyoko. Just as long as it's known Paisley, then. Yeah. Again. Well, that wasn't all the best players. No, right, okay. Uh, yeah, that was a heavily rotated side. I mean, everyone else. I mean, Jota in the side and, and James Forrest in the side. <laughs> all, all the best players. I would I would hang my hat on Yakimakis to get the goals. This is going to be a different type of fence setting, but what I would say about this debate is I, I, I don't care that much. I, mm -hmm. I really I, I have a huge amount of confidence in both guys. I'm not really that bothered and I'm struggling to drum up strong feelings about So who. a gun to your head, you're going to say, I don't care. I, yeah. I, 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 Aye, basically, because I'm t I'm tough like that. <laughs> God, do it, dare you, rush you through it. I didn't realise a gun had been introduced to this mm. conversation yet, but uh, it was already pointed at Jamie's head. Has the guy just turned and pointed yeah, it at my yeah, head? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. Because he shot kid. me for making that idiotic <laughs> opinion, and he's went, "You want some of this? Do you want some of this nonsense?" I'll probably just ask him to pick for me. Yeah, okay, let us know in the comments if you would start. Kyogo or Yakimakis that's where the real fights need to happen yeah. not not in the podcast studio um, I thought there was going to be some real fights happening um, and I really really worried about the guy because see when Ryan Porteous hit the deck <laughs> at the end of that game I'm so glad the ref blew for it because I was I was worried oh, what was it the ref uh, just so you uh, jokes aside and I can introduce this point properly the ref was ab absolutely abysmal Dreadful and this is this is the first week before VAR so you kind of get the refs got in a wee huddle and they were told get all the bullshit out of the way this week because there, there will be almost no hiding place for us once VAR's introduced that's debatable in itself but the referee's performance was terrible and we went online to talk about this we made a point we just all we did was we just picked a bad decision by the referee a point where Burnaby's running through he kicks the ball past to Hibs players Ryan Portis throws himself to the ground under no pressure. Burnaby then moves past him, cuts the ball back, and at the moment he cuts the ball back, the ref goes, actually, I think he'll give a free kick for that. And we were having journalists come to us and say, you won 6-1. I don't know what the threshold for winning is, but I know when you lose games, you're not allowed to bring it up then. Yeah. Uh, or, or if you scrape by, you're not allowed to bring it up at that point. With people say, they, th they thought it was a paranoid conspiracy against Celtic. We had people come to us and say, Oh, come on, the ref gave it out of sympathy. Not how football works. <laughs> At what point does the sympathy kick in? If they were eight goals down, would they just start chopping goals off? It'd be interesting if they introduced that, though. We all get one card to play. We all get a sympathy card yeah. before the game, and you, you can only play it once, mm. right? So just be careful how you use it. And that was Hibs's one. That Aye, was they, get the, they get this. The point is, the referee was crap. Yeah. Oh, terrible. And look, we didn't want to see another 7 1 this week, did we, Timmy? So none of that. <laughs> but like, the. The ref wasn't great throughout the match. I thought there was a lot of decisions, but there was one where uh, there was a blatant pullback on a Celtic player and the guy didn't get booked. And then a while later, Matt O'Reilly does a challenge and gets booked. And you're like, right, the consistency thing, we're calling for that again. But even if you're take, taking that Matt O'Reilly thing out, the guy stops Celtic breaking forward by pulling somebody back. That's a booking. That's the law. Mm. And we've seen players sent off for that this season. Yet, Not Rangers players. No, uh, well, Lundstrom did, didn't he? Yes, well, uh, okay. Uh, but the decision at the end was one of the most baffling I've ever, ever mm. seen. And in that's a why game we highlighted it. Yeah, we couldn't believe it at the game. Like He brushes past Porteous. We know the size difference doesn't mm. really make that much of a difference, but brushes past him and is about to cut it back and the ref blows up for this foul that never existed. And 
you can tell it was terrible. I knew it was terrible at the time, but the rage from the whole stadium or mm. what was left of the stadium because it was so late on, but everybody was furious, so furious that a 6-1 win for Celtic finished on a chorus of boos because of this decision. <laughs> it was incredible. Ruined that party uh, there, And it's it? nothing to do with... Uh, when the ball's played by, but before the ball's played by Burnaby, the ref blows up. So I'm not having any of this Kyogo missed or we mm. didn't score from it anyway because you can see Burnaby's hands going up yeah, you before could. he even plays it. It was a ridiculous decision that has to be asked about and explained because I can't for the life of me see why he's given a foul to them. And I just thought he's, he was erratic all throughout the game. It seems to be Celtic get a lot more fouls than teams. But look, I'm not wanting to say it was a conspiracy or anything like that. I just think it was a terrible performance from the referee again. And this is the exact time we should bring it up when we've absolutely pumped a team and then we can go, what was that well, shit? That's, that's the thing. You're not allowed to, you're, you're, just, you're just not allowed to mention how bad the referee is. And as Willie said, some of the decisions are baffling and... You're just, there's no point, there's no mechanism here to complain about how bad the ref was. I think what you just need to do is, you just need to moan about the ref and then forget what everyone else says about it. <laughs> just forget all the crap that comes your way. Well, much like all online discourse these days, mm. what happens is a point is made and everyone will rush in. And before they decide whether they agree or not with that point, they'll step over that. We'll park that aside for a second. Yeah. Who is making the point? Oh, it's Celtic fans, right? I'm going to step back over and say, stop moaning, yeah. FFS. Right, so that's how it works. I'd love to see the flow chart on things like that. So you need Jack Flag over there. Yeah, so like bad decision is the mm. first part, right? So um, is it Celtic? Okay, yes. We'll go down, right? Okay, right, right. I'm yes or you. no? Right, so drop it down again. Did you win the game? Yes. Um, stop moaning FFS. All oh, right, that's not what I wanted. So, all right, I'll cheat. I'll pretend I didn't win the game, right? Mm -hmm. So, go back up, right? Celtic fan, did you win the game? No. Right down. Oh, a typical Timmy Bitter conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, where am I left here? Been able to complain about it. Let's see, joking aside with this. Uh, but the thing is, we'll just interrupt there. You're quite right because every fan of every football club does it all the time. Yes, yeah. So, this is why it's important, right? People, numerous people said to us there, it doesn't matter. You won 6 1, right? Stop moaning FFS, blah, blah, blah. Typical stuff right again they're not they're not taking into account what is actually being said they're just deciding that Celtic fans are moaning and are disagreeing with that yeah it doesn't matter what the point is it's just that Celtic fans is they were one degree away from calling us privileged or somewhere <laughs> like that right? just check your check privilege, your Celtic fan privilege. <laughs> you won nine leagues in a row the reason it's important is because that decision was inexplicable it wasn't just a bad decision it wasn't just that we got a potential goal chopped off I know it wasn't mm -hmm. a goal but by the time the whistle had gone Kyogo wasn't interested in actually scoring it so we'll never know whether it would have led to a goal or not the reason it is important is because these are the same people who are going to officiate all of your games as well like so see if it's Motherwell or Kilmarnock or whoever it is in our mentions saying no stop moaning and all that it's the same people that are going to be officiating your games so see if it happens and these things even themselves out over the course of a season see if you get a Decision that cannot be explained. I'm not talking about a bad decision. I'm not talking about a mistake. It cannot be explained what that decision was. See if it leads to Celtic getting a penalty and winning 2-1. Don't dare come to yeah. us and complain about it. Don't dare because you told us that we are not allowed to moan about it, whether we win or lose. Because we're Celtic fans, we can't complain about this because we're a successful team. How that reflects on me and my opinion on the decision, I don't know. But the, see the decision itself, it was also put to us that a big deal it was a defender bought a foul you mm. see it in every game that's not what happened either because I could accept that I could explain that in my own head I could say that alright we've, we've been done there the yeah. referee's been done he's seen a foul that didn't exist but at least if the defender dived 
that's that's what diving's for. It's to try and mm. buy a foul. He's been done there, so have we. But that's not what happened. Porteous ran over. He tried to go shoulder to shoulder with Bernabe. Missed, completely yep. misjudged it. Missed, and his own momentum made him fall over. He didn't dive. It would mm. have been better if he dived yep. because I'd have been like, oh, you're diving back, right? All that kind of stuff. But that decision cannot be explained. He, he ran over and fell over. This is the thing. that These decisions can't be explained. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the minute people go, oh, they create this strong, oh, big conspiracy against it. The decision can't be explained. Why wait until Bernabe's taking four paces and cuts it back before you blow the whistle? Yeah. You've got the whistle in your hand. Just blow the whistle when he gets when you think the foul or whatever you think's happened. But listen, all over now, complaining about refs will be a thing of the past <laughs> because that is the last game until VAR comes in. Right, right. Uh, we've experienced VAR. Obviously, Celtic fans have had VAR in the Champions League. We've had VAR Europa League, yeah. in the Europa League. We played Copenhagen. There was VAR. Yeah. There was VAR interference in, in that game. I was having we read the um, Scottish FA have brought VAR forward, so it was meant to be after the World Cup. It's starting next week now. Um, across, Anxious already with uh, bringing it forward. I know lads. across all the Premiership stadiums, they're going to be equipped with six VAR Ooh, cameras. Wow. A whole six cameras. S- not just that, Stephen. Wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, Hampton is also going to have six VAR cameras. Now, do you know VAR is obviously big in, in, in world football just now? I think we're going to have the debate in a second about whether or not we think VAR's improved football and all the rest of it. But we have now, it's arrived in Scotland, the pinnacle of technology brought to you by Hawkeye. Do you know how many cameras the English have compared to our six? 18. No, 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 no. The English refs have access to 33 (laughs) high definition (laughs) cameras. Six cameras we've got. Including four slow motion cameras and four ultra high definition slow motion cameras. We have... Six. <laughs> six plus g- Hugh Dallas suspended above the stadium <laughs> with a GoPro with a, a Nokia 3310 Andrew Dallas uh, not, how am I doing Dallas? Uh, yeah, Andrew Dallas so this is all going to be beamed back to Caledonia House I think it's called where the video assistant referee will be watching the game and it will be used so this is your this is your, your crib notes for VAR going forward so you, we all know how it works red cards Mistaken identity, goals and penalty area incidents. And if those, if any of those that the ref thinks he's missed or the ref needs assistant on, he will get a wee phone call. Varney will go and, and he'll go. Phone call? He'll go, yeah, I don't know how it works, right? He'll get a text, right? And, he'll, and he'll, it was beep up. It's SFA here. So it was beep, it'll go beep, 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 beep during the game and he'll have to check it and then he'll run to a landline and he'll phone you yeah. and you'll say, you want another look at that and he'll fax through the incident, right? That's how, that's, that's how it's going to work in Scotland. Probably a fucking cut down version of VAR. Has a VAR improved football though? I just want, we've not had the discussion on the podcast. Stephen, has VAR improved football? From your experience of watching the Champions League, English football, has it improved football? No, it hasn't. It mm. hasn't improved football. I suppose that a different way to frame that would be has I'll it. Ask the question. Well, <laughs> as a firm, no, for, mm. for me, it hasn't improved football, but has it improved the ability to get certain decisions right? Aye, it has. I mean, on the surface of things, it does what it says on the tin, it gets decisions right. You could then you then are drilled down into the fine details of someone's toe or someone's armpit or whatever it was before being offside. Yeah. Is that football? Is that improved football? Again, categorically no for me. I don't. I don't think. I mean, again, parking that aside, the two separate issues for me: improving the game and improving the the, the decisions made. Mm. All of that stuff comes into improving the game. All the elbows and you know heels been offside and all that sort of stuff so that's, that's a firm no but you do get decisions made correctly even if they are a little bit anal about it yes Melly has uh, VAR improved the game for you 
Uh, I thought it would. I thought mm. the, this would be we'd get more better decisions and being a Celtic fan, a conspiracy, everybody's yeah. against it. I thought this will be good for us, but we know with the referees and who's going to be running it, it's going to be very difficult, especially six cameras. I think it, it depends how it goes for you because we, we've had both sides of it in the Copenhagen game we spoke about. We got one uh, a penalty against us, didn't we? Or we got a, a decision for us, but in the Leipzig game, we get a couple for us. It depends how it goes for you, but I just kind of takes out the emotions sometimes. We, as Celtic fans, are so used to just celebrating a goal. Now, I don't know if it's the same for fans mm. down south or in other European countries that have got far because that there's a chance it could be ruled out for, for nothing, for something you haven't even seen. So I think it should improve football. I don't think it has, but... I think the confidence of this VAR, as far as Scottish football goes, sort of sits, really, really sits on a knife edge because it, because at the end of the day, we're the stakeholders of the game, we're the fans and we're the guys that watch it and it's whether they want to admit it or not, it's brought in to improve the, the experience for the players and all that. But also, also us, and our main gripe with the referees is they're all dummies. Uh, that's that's our that's our main right. gripe. We 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 struggle with some of the decisions the referees make. We see blatant things on the pitch that they don't see. They make decisions which are completely mystifying to me. So the problem we are going to have here is if a ref makes a decision there and then on the pitch, it's he blows for a free kick like the one we just spoke about. Well, Vars not going to look at that really. No. I, I don't think that that's just allowed to happen within the game. Well, if you put it the other way, if Celtic had went on and scored from that. Mm. VAR wouldn't have even looked at that for a second and yeah. that's the problem we have with well, us well the, the, the problem comes in with a guy in the studio what you want to call it would have would, would then decide to say to the ref you might want to look at that there may have been a foul by Burnaby so that at that point he, yeah. would, he, would, he would look at it but, but let me just let me just finish this important point but the issue is we don't have the the, the, the confidence necessarily in the referees and the referees aren't as strong and they don't have the cachet that English referees have I know people complain about the English refs and all that but they're, they're not thin-skinned. No, mm. this, this criticism doesn't really break through at the league level for English referees as far as I can tell. I, can't I know people talk about the refereeing instance, but they seem to move on very quickly. Whereas in Scotland, these things, it's one manager, then the next manager. And over the course of a weekend, all the managers can complain about the referee. And I think that's the problem. You need the, the confidence of people to buy into this VAR thing and see the first time we as fans see something on the TV that doesn't get pulled up for VAR. So see, we're watching a game and the game showed the replay and it should be a blatant red card, it's a blatant handball, it's a blatant penalty and the VAR guy doesn't flag it up to the ref and it doesn't, It just the game just goes on. People are going to say this VAR is completely pointless. See the first time a club, maybe not Celtic because we're not usually so vocal in these things despite the reputation that we've got but Rangers, see if Rangers are done by a bad VAR decision, they, they exist at the moment to break down everything that's happening. Protest. Protest, I sponsorship and all these sorts of things. They don't take part in these sorts of things. So the first time something goes wrong with VAR, they don't have the the built-in confidence in the refereeing institution to let it go. So I can see this thing coming. First mistake within a couple of months, and immediately in the summer we're having a conversation about whether or not it's having. And when that conversation starts, people are going to go, well, we're not doing it right anyway because we've got six cameras versus 33. If we're going to do it, we should do it right. We don't have the money. And I can see VAR coming to Scottish football in last than 18 months or two seasons, and then a big fight happens about it. And that's why they need to get it right. Uh, uh, Rangers, am I making this up? The day they were one of the ones that voted against it? Presumably. Yeah. Like, just, you know what? You don't even have to fact check uh, it. Just say yes just and then, uh, you know, just probably. World, uh, they make up shit all the time, so yeah, I've just made do. that up yeah, as well yeah. if it's not true. But the thing that uh, I, I worry about it is there's going to be teething problems because every league that's got it in has had teething mm. problems. No, I don't think there's any league that have brought it in that it's not stayed and... 
I think that's the way it's got to be now. If it's coming in, it's in for good until... Well, our commentators famously open to new ideas. <laughs> I can't wait till Hugh Evans and Chick Young get hold of decisions Boyd, and all that. The, oh, all, this, all the numbskulls. No offence <laughs> to, to anyone in particular. I don't know. Well, Chris Boyd are a numbskull. But no, I'm not calling Hugh Evans a numbskull. If you were offended by being called a numbskull there. Ah, yeah, it's implied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your own if you walk in and go, oh, numbskull, and a guy turns around and goes, you can't call me that. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, it seems to be full of them, but like, the way I look at it, I see that this, I'm, I'm just framing it in this decision mm. at the weekend. Do I have faith that the ref would have let that play out and then let VAR judge it? No, I no. think he would still blow up for it and then, but what's the point in this? So I think there's going to be a lot of teething problems because I don't know how, how much training they've been doing on this and I don't know why. Minute, definitely minutes. Oh, I, minutes I don't minutes. know why it's been brought in early when there's a pack of games. So you could be refereeing a game on Wednesday night with Nova and then go into the, mm. the Friday night game and there's VAR. So I think it's going to be tricky to navigate it. I think fans and pundits and all that are going to be against it if they get it wrong which I think is inevitable especially with the referees we so have So how here. much credit do we have to because we are we are we sitting here we've got a, a fairly large audience as far as Celtic fans go we're pundits how much <laughs> whether we like it or not you yeah. know we're, 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 we're part of the chattering classes of Scottish football right how much um, how much of a leeway how much are we going to sit here and, and practice what we preach are we going to let a couple of early mistakes go and say it's teething problems or are we going to be here Celtic play with VAR next weekend. We record this podcast on the Tuesday and we'll be sitting here going, I've been the whole thing. It's absolute crap. It's not, it's, not worth the, it's not worth the TV screens it's shown on. This season in particular, I don't think there's any getting away from the fact that it's going to cause a lot of debates, mm. a, lot, a lot of rancour. Maybe um, that's why they brought it in early, just to interject a wee bit. Maybe they brought it in early because they thought the less games we have pre-VAR, the better, because yeah. that saves that argument that everyone's talking about yeah. if this happened X weeks ago. It could be, but I think it's too late for that as well because inevitably I'll be astonished if this season doesn't throw up very similar incidents in the latter half of the season than happened in the first half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere, or, or None of those were picked up by VAR and some will be after this point. They will be compared to those decisions that went against some club or other that led to goals, that led to penalties. That, led, that will happen. I'd be, I'd be amazed if that doesn't happen this season. And that's what happens if you bring it something through that totally changes the game halfway through a season. And it, in what is already a weird season with a World Cup in the middle of it, we've we'll got this to look forward to as well. If there was a decision I would have valed in the Hibs game, it would have been um, Lee Johnson's decision to dress the way he did. <laughs> Soon as he was leaving the house, I would have went, <laughs> that was it. Uh, in fairness, I mean, Edinburgh's a long way back. He wasn't going back with the team. He was getting dropped off at Yates. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had jeans and shoes on. Jackamo. Jackamo. The most appallingly dressed manager I've ever seen in my life. Oh, by the way, we'll sort of segue into badly dressed managers. Please, Celtic, stop making Ange wear that bloody Celtic. It's cheap, right? It was like funny when he first started. It was a gimmick, right? Stop making him wear the Celtic branded V-neck. He looks like a, I don't know, primary school teacher it's or something. Acrylic like. jumper on. Not even a primary school teacher because they get to choose their own uniform. But it's <laughs> it's honestly so bad. But Lee Johnson's get up was fucking <laughs> wild, man. Absolutely wild. Please, Mayor kind uh, video editor, drop in an image of that right now because that was a, a fantastic get up. As I say, on, on his way to Frankenstein's in the town in 2003 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. Definitely got all bar one that, that, <laughs> that evening, wasn't he? <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Stephen, Michael Myers sure is scary. But the last thing you need to be is hairy this Halloween. Luckily, our friends at Manscaped have launched their fourth generation performance package to make sure your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day. Turn your bite-sized treat into king-sized candy and join six million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped Go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS. Make the right call this spooky season. It's trick or trim. Jamie, do you know what I used to do before Manscaped came along? Broken bottles. Scissors and or sometimes fire. It, it simply doesn't work, so thanks to Manscaped for finally coming along. Have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're feeling your best in your costume. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. It's a full moon out, and the werewolf in your pants is howling. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to tackle that problem with a lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off of free shipping with the code TIMS at Manscaped. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS, T-I-M-S, at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. We were going to shoehorn in a point about how bad Ryan Porteous is, <laughs> um, but we sort of skipped over it and didn't get a chance. So take that, take that shoehorning. I broke the fourth wall there to talk about yeah. shoehorning because the guy's a head case. Well, the guy, he's never too far away from Celtic online chat because yeah. he's of, always one of those, oh, I'd take him because he's exactly what we need stuff yeah. like, especially off the back of playing for Scotland but he is rubbish yeah, yeah absolutely he has rubbish. one brain cell <laughs> and he doesn't Dreadful. Uh, really really bad these guys would have Jack Henry and Ryan Porteous at the back imagine just going to a Champions League game uh, and our backup centre half was 
Ryan Porteous. <laughs> doesn't even bear giving your bit on back. Um, <laughs> but it could, you know, we've got a couple of Champions League games left to play, Melly, but for all intents and purposes, we're out. We're out and it's a bit harsh, but we didn't get the results and mm. other teams did. We look at it and look at these these games and I think we should have got more out of it. We maybe speculated in the last couple of weeks that will we rue that Shakhtar away game and we do. We oh, yeah. really do. We should have got three points there. We created more than enough chances to get it and we simply failed to and it's put us under pressure and look, we've went out to Leipzig and get beaten both games and it's meant we've went out. Slim chance of getting the Europa League but I, I do think it's pretty slim now because we have to get something in Madrid. But I think again, after the game, I'm like, right, okay, let's try and take the emotion out. I still think we played quite well, but we just got done by a team that is very, very good and very effective at what they do. Could Celtic have done things better? Yes, but was that a decent performance? I still think it was. It took until Rangers getting absolutely yeah. smashed into the dirt for uh, people when the Scottish media to suddenly come around to the idea that the Champions League is difficult, Stephen, <laughs> but it's something that we've been saying on this podcast for a wee while, that although Celtic haven't been ideal and there's been some question marks around particular players' performances, I think I broadly agree with the manager's approach. I broadly agree with the manager's comments that at no point did we look out of place in the tournament like Rangers have at almost every every opportunity in here we've not looked out of place we've made chances we've just not been clinical enough we've just not passed them up maybe we've just lacked a wee bit of a wee bit of quality in the Champions League you know it's it, there is a big gap between where the, the, the domestic stuff sits to where the Champions League stuff sits so it is possible for players to be oh, get that big that's big yeah, we'll keep, <clears throat> try it shot. keep it short <laughs> so it is possible for players to be you know above the, the domestic stuff but not quite in the Champions right. League and I think that I think that's maybe something that we need to reflect upon a wee bit about which players thrived which players didn't which players passed which players didn't but overall I, I'm torn Stephen because I said at the very start of this tournament I want Ange to approach it the way he, would, the way he wants to approach it the way he's going to approach it I want this is the test and I want to see it but at the same time I said I didn't want to be sitting here midway through the tournament already out saying oh by golly gosh didn't we play well <laughs> it, and I kind of like part of me feels like that but part of me also doesn't feel like that and I think part of me also didn't realise at the beginning of the tournament how difficult this was going to be yeah. you know I think all of us un maybe underestimated the opponents we certainly underestimated Shakhtar who merely sitting there saying we should have beaten them yes but they've also taken points off everybody including Real Madrid mm -hmm. Shakhtar have done well so there's a lot going on but I think overall I'd be I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed that we didn't qualify. But having watched the games and seen the quality of the opposition, I can understand why we're in that position. Are yeah. you disappointed but not angry? I'm disappointed. I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm disappointed more with myself <laughs> for underestimating the competition that we were in. And this is what this is. But there's no shame in that, is there, Stephen? Because this is what we. The whole purpose of this whole tournament was to see how we stacked up in the Champions League. And this is an honest assessment of it. We, we just fell short. I, I think you've summed up the, the various emotions of it quite well there. Thank I think, you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wouldn't hurt me to tell you more often. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, think, I think you've done quite well with that. And of course it's disappointing. Of course it is. You don't want to go out after four games and fairly comprehensively out with one point. Should have done better. Should have taken more mm. chances. But I'm struggling to, to drum up the 
excitement about it all that other people seem to have about the, you know, just no good enough and all that. I mean, the righteous indignation. That's exactly it, yeah. Righteous indignation about going out at this at this stage. It is totally different. I think like, we've, we've had this discussion a number of times and I'm conscious of just repeating myself, but it's very difficult because we've played the same opposition twice in a mm. row and it's played out very, very similarly. We yeah. just didn't take chances and then we're beaten. So, And if you want to hear our thoughts on those individual games, not a cheap plug for the Patreon, but we don't really discuss the twos and throws of the individual games much on the flagship podcast. But if you want to hear individual thoughts on those games, patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. Yeah, and uh, I was at the game with Leipzig and... Uh, Someone asked us, we were approached uh, mm. at halftime by, by a listener who said, said he was a fan, just a fan telling us what a superb job <laughs> oh, we're doing right. yeah, at halftime. Yeah. And he asked us... This is the first time I'm hearing about this, yeah. by the way. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of the game so far? Did he not ask for me, no? Uh, yeah. Well, it was, it was implied. It was, oh, right. he, looked, <laughs> he looked crestfallen that, oh, that all of us weren't there. Yeah, um, and I asked what I thought of the game and I was like, do you know what? I don't know because it's so intense. You barely get a second to breathe in the Champions League to take it mm. in. At one point during that game, when it was still nothing each... I found myself thinking, look, I'd rather either be 3 0 up or 3 0 down now just mm. to alleviate the pressure because one way or another it's going to you know it's going to play out the way it will. Yeah. Obviously I'd rather be 3 0 up than 3 0 down. Correct. But but <laughs> <laughs> at one point I thought it's, it's so intense that I just want the game to be decided in some way mm. or other because it's just constant, just constant. We're not used to it in domestic football. So it's disappointing to go out, of course it is. But at the same time, if we treat it as a test to see whether we are a Champions League ready club at the moment, we are not, we've not qualified mm. for the thing for years. And the debate was always, aye, but we're a Champions League team and we're having to play in the Europa League. I don't think that's the case. Mm. I think we can be proud of how Celtic went about it. Yep. Played football, took the games to these teams and just came short because the alternative is, you know, you look, you've already mentioned it, you look across the city, you could just go in there and meekly try and play for draws and still lose convincingly lose every single game I'm not saying that's what Celtic would have done but it's quite often the if you take that approach is what will happen against teams that are much better than you Celtic were deserving of more points than mm. they got based on the level of performance in my opinion but it doesn't really count for much because we are out and we're kind of running out of games I'm reluctant to now look at the Europa League because the whole time in this Champions League campaign, we've been like, right, we've got this game, we've got we've got the two home games ahead of us, we need to really target those. Right, we've lost these couples, so we've got this ahead of us. We need this, we need Real Madrid to keep winning in, in order to qualify, mm -hmm. but we need to do this. So slowly, the games have just been ticking away and we're running out of options. Now the focus goes to the Europa League and we're just running out of games in order to qualify for that as well. But it'll be a great bonus. But it's What all do we need to do to get in the Europa League? Because I've kind of lost track. Certainly at win least, a game. Yeah, yeah, at least four points. Yeah, at least yeah. four. And, and hope someone else does us a favour including in the yeah. Bernabeu as well so we need to take something from the Bernabeu so uh, it doesn't it doesn't look great but it's overall deflating to go out at this stage because the most disappointing thing about it is not that Celtic aren't as good as these teams it's just that could have had so much more had things fallen away and it's not just luck it's not just luck there's no. quality in there as well these are good teams and they made that count by taking chances that Celtic weren't quite often these teams will create no more chances than Celtic will, but the difference is they take them. Yeah. They're, they're clinical, they're lethal. So it's overall aye, a wee bit, a wee bit flat. Mixed emotions for it, but I'm not, I'm not as angry about it as other people are. No, I'm not angry. I'm just a wee bit. Ah, should have done a bit better. Mm. And I mean, I mean that because I think Celtic, what we said, can we compete in this tournament? Not being in it for so long, playing this style of football. And I think we have. I think we really have competed, but we just haven't got the breaks that we'd maybe hope to get. And it, 
maybe show my age, I don't know if it still works like this, but no, that way you go into fifth year and you do like higher mm. and you just miss out on passing. Yeah. And then you go, right, see next year, I really think I can do it because I think Celtic next year will gain so much from this and can go forward and maybe get those breaks that they weren't getting this year because we've seen in the Hibs game that like, Celtic didn't do anything different but it seemed to be things fell for us and we scored six goals. Could we not have maybe scored three or four on that one and got one or two <laughs> you in the mean sp- spread the goals? Uh, and 18 j- years later, Melly's still trying to pass fifth year, by the way. So <laughs> good luck next year. Yeah. There's always next time. Uh, right? The year 2040, Celtic <laughs> will qualify from the group. I think it's just one of those ones that we were playing in the big boy league and we were learning on the we were learning on how to grow up as we were doing it. So it was very difficult. And I don't think there's anything I can pinpoint to Celtic performances and go we should have done this apart Mm. from score goals because we created the chances there was only the one Joe Hart goal that I think was completely avoidable there's no laughable Celtic in Europe goals apart from that one I think we've uh, competed we've created chances we've just maybe not got what we deserved and usually you say you, you make your own luck like you mentioned Stephen but I don't feel Celtic got that I mean you're, you're talking about this learning and this is something that I discussed as well I think yeah we're learning the Champions League I don't necessarily know if one it should or two it should be allowed you know t- to run through a whole you don't play a whole Champions League tournament and go right okay well we learned for that one so maybe next year's our assault I think specifically with the back to back Leipzig games you know I mean within Within th- at least three, you know what you're up to. But the the Real Madrid, the Shakhtar, the back to back Leipzig games after the first leg, the return you should know what you're up to. So I don't know if I'm going to extend the the learning on the job thing for the whole tournament. But to sort of carry on the the school analogy that you used there, Melly, I think I think some of the players have got pass marks, yeah. and some of the players have got re smoking yeah. the bins, caught smoke. They've got they've got resets. Or they've, or they've out and out failed and I think some of the big hitters some have dogged it some have dogged it basically <laughs> I think basically our problem is a lot of the big hitters they've not got pass marks and you know I think sometimes when we are particularly when we're doing the podcast you don't want to like upset people by being too bold in your opinion but sometimes things are black and white and if I think I look at the the big hitters that we wanted to excel in the Champions League Jota fail I mean he scored a goal maybe fail maybe reset Matt O'Reilly's passed though Kyogo fail Abada, fail. Maeda, fail. But there's been players like Greg Taylor, who's passed Carter Vickers, passed top of the class, flying colours. Greg Taylor, Matt O'Reilly, um, Callum McGregor, all these guys have passed. There's guys that have not really shown up for it, like Juranovic and all that. But I think a lot of our big hitters have, have failed that this this test, this tournament. Yeah, well, what you're saying about learning on the job, it's not as if you, you play the game and go, all oh, right, see everything I just learned in that game, I'll bring it on. What mm. it is is you learn over these games, right, this is a level I have to get to, so now I need to go out and work to get to that level. Mm. I don't think you can do it week to week and go, all oh, right, he did that sort of movement, I'll do that now and that's me. But I think, yeah, it's the the forward-thinking players that are maybe the ones that aren't getting the pass marks and that's because you're up against better defenders, sharper defenders, you're up against better goalkeepers and that and look at Look, I'm not saying I know there's mitigating circumstances mitigating circumstances to quote Neil Lennon I know that exists but what I'm saying is they've only got one choice pass or fail and, and some of them have failed at this level and there's, I mean Carter Vickers for example he's up against much better strikers than, than he is much better yeah. attackers than he is Matt O'Reilly's getting much less time on the ball you know every individual player have, has got brand new more difficult challenges some of them roasted it some of them didn't yeah but Celtic well, Cameron Carter Vickers did well but Celtic are still conceding basically two goals a game in every game aren't mm. they so like, where do you where do you draw the line there 
the the forwards have found it difficult to to finish their chances. But where do we go from there? Are Celtic going to go out and get a better player than Jota or Kyogo? I just don't think it exists for Celtic. So what do we try and do? We try and improve mm. on the players we've got. Jake, we can get a better player. Than I, look, I don't want to get dragged too into the weeds because it's such a sort of. Um, speculative term can you get a better player than Kyogo but we have this conversation fairly regularly on the podcast and quite often we do come up with better players than the ones we had you know we will struggle to replace has been a conversation we've had on this podcast but if you wind the clock back you know if we had Dembele Wellesley was at Celtic and you transplanted him into Ange's team would he have scored some of the chances that Kyogo missed would he have been better probably I, I think probably Edward probably it's quite a difficult thing to sort of quantify Stephen but you know I think I think you, you can't just I think it's. I think it's. You can't just say we're never going to get a better player than Kyogo. You, no, can't, you can't really say that. But then again, like you mentioned, Dembele. Yes, he did get goals in the Champions League. Fair enough. I mm. think he's the best striker we've seen since Larson up till now. So, if we had him, yes. But if if Real Madrid had had Ronaldo at his peak, they'd have pumped his five now. Mm. So how do you, you're stuck with the team you've got? And with guys like Edward, if you bring him up, right, fine. But. Didn't they get Celtic into the Champions League? No, no, I'm just saying that the, the notion that this is the best it's ever going to be is one that I don't necessarily agree with. And I think sometimes Celtic can surprise you by plucking good players out that you know that might do a job for them. I, I, don't, I don't really know where we're going with this conversation. That's what I mean. It's, quite, it's difficult to quantify. I, because we all sat here three, four weeks ago and said Kyogo was beyond doubt the best we've mm. had since Larson. And now, because he's not done it in the Champions League, we're saying, well, could we get a better player than Aye, him? But, but you don't is... know how he's going to play in the Champions League until he plays in the Aye, Champions that, well, League. So then, how do we know the next guy's going to be good in the Champions League? Aye, well, that, that's my point. I, I don't know if we can say we can just go and get a better player than Kyogo. Again, we all agreed was, you know, mm. at least if if we ease off that a wee bit, at least in the conversation for the best players that we've he's had. definitely in the since, conversation since for sure, yeah. So how do we go out and get a better player than that? I don't know. The, on the learning on the job thing, I think a lot of people take the view that it's going to be like a three, four year project mm, getting yeah. into or qualifying for the Champions League. Again, not how it works because if we talk about, if, if our main players are Kyogo and Jota and Carter Vickers and all that, then they're not going to be here in three or four years. No. Yes. There's not a chance. There's a, a very strong chance that we'll sell one of those in the summer coming, mm. depending on what happens, depending on offers, of course. I'm not trying to chase the guys out the door, but there's a very strong chance Jota will be gone in the next year or 18 months. So that's not how it works. We can't keep a team together for the hope of three or four years worth of Champions League. What we do, what we hope as a club is to be able to consistently qualify for yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Then we can look into bettering the infrastructure at the club because that's a difference between these clubs as well Red yeah. Bull have got everything in place to make yeah. them a successful Champions League club with that comes enormous investment of course right but Celtic can do something along those lines they can better the club as a result of continuous or consistent Champions League qualification we should have had it all along you know we should have done mm -hmm. better in that regard of course but the idea that we're going to keep a team and manager together yeah, for three no or chance. four years in the Champions League is, is simply not going to happen. I'm not going to. I'm not being pessimistic about that. It just won't happen. It's it's not how it works for a club like us, and very few clubs can. Mm. But how many, really? How many and across the Champions League? How many teams could you necessarily point at and say they've had the same manager and same core players for three, four it's years? The, the absolute top Real Madrid have had the same team for years the Bayern maybe the last team to kind of do it yeah I mean I'm being mostly rhetorical mm. I, there will be teams that have kept a, you know, a spine of players this whole time but it's not going to we are a pot four team yeah. You know, I, again, I don't like saying that because it kind of makes us kind of diminishes us mm. in some way but in many ways it sort of it, it emphasises the achievement and 
taking the game to these teams. I know we've not necessarily got the points that that deserved, but we are a pot four team. We're not going to keep the, the players together to mount a serious challenge at the Champions League anytime soon. So what we need to do is sort of develop on it as a club and not look at it. I but see, see when Hatati's had three or four years at the Champions League, just taking him off the top of my head. Yeah. So that's not how it's going no. to work for us at all. It's a weird thing to say that you're sort of well, I'm saying this, I'm not saying you're saying it, but you might agree. But it's a weird thing to say to say you're proud of the manager's approach, but you're disappointed with the outcome. Aye, yeah, yeah. That's it, it. It, but that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. I, I think we're, we've done exactly the right thing. I think some of the games didn't go our way. Obviously, there's still games to play, but you know, who knows how they're, they're going to end up with the Champions League. Play the kids. Yeah, play the kids. But there's, we've got to go to Bernabeu, you know. These, these, I mean, we wanted that. Yeah, you know, who do you want it. before the game? We want to go to Real Madrid and Bernabeu. So, who knows how, how the next couple of games are going to pan out, but I think it's fair to say that we're proud. We understand what the manager's trying to do. We're proud of what we're trying to achieve. Maybe a bit more quality in key areas would have seen us progress. And when I say a bit more quality, that can be the existing players stepping up their game a wee bit, yeah. or it can be maybe next season. Because I think this will definitely feed into where Ange wants to take the club, not, oh, just, not just behind the scenes, but recruitment next year. The conversations have already started. Look, if you want to prove, if you want to make an assault in the Champions League, I'm going to need maybe another striker for talking sake I'm going to need maybe another right winger and this is what I need you to go out and get me and I saw a story the other day to see Celtic and bringing in a new a new scout to help with this so oh, it has been poo-pooed already oh, has it been poo-pooed already so oh, well it's not like some Celtic websites to make up <laughs> absolute nonsense um, so it's uh, so I think this will feed into everywhere we want to take the club and it's going to be a learning curve not just for the players but for the staff the management behind the scenes this is going to teach Celtic where they need to be Yeah and I think now Celtic are in a good position because we've seen last season the amount of bodies we had to bring in mm. and even this season if I'm looking at the Celtic squad right now coming into January I can maybe only pick one position I'd want to strengthen if we can get to next summer and just go right we need two three max players in and I think that's where Ange will go give me these two big hitters mm. and then we can see the progress I think that's where we'll make progress and on that progress <laughs> uh, we will end thank you so much to everyone who watches us on YouTube thanks to everyone who listens across all the platforms I spoke about it before if you want to support us patreon.com slash 20 minute tims £2.50 per month that's where that starts at thank you 